Hi, everybody. I'm Peter Travers, and welcome to Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And there's a movie called Moonlight. Well, you've heard me keep saying this. I mean, come on. This is a great movie that you should be seeing immediately, and for many reasons. But one of the main reasons is my guest today, Mahershala Ali, who gives a performance in this that... If he doesn't win the Oscar for it, then you can join me on the picket line because it would just be wrong. Anyway, welcome, Thank welcome you. you for that. Very generous of you. Oh, it's way it. not generous. It's, it's so true. And yet, look at you. Everywhere people turn, there's Mahershala. Yeah. You know? well, if you watch, if you go on to Netflix, you get to see you in Marvel's Luke Cage, right? Yeah. yeah. We, there you are. And you were Netflix before where you were Remy on yeah. House of Cards. Yeah. And in Hidden Figures, and in Moonlight, this is a performance that just is going to break you out even further than you have already. So how are you feeling, Marsha? Is it Uh, good? It feels great. uh, I'm just taking it all in because there's an underbelly or a flip side to that where um, I I wasn't working in the manner which I wanted to and, and didn't feel like I was being stretched. And so there's a lot of actors, there's a lot of extraordinarily talented actors who are waiting for their phone to ring or that email to come through. Um, and so to be on the other side of that at this moment and being in, in great company and, uh, and, and in your company talking about our amazing film, um, it's, it's just, it's, it's, um, it's amazing. I, I, f- I feel really great about where we're at. Well, the great thing is that you're one of those uh, overnight sensations who have been yeah. at it for <laughs> two, 20 years. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the amazing thing. It's like, well, suddenly they're putting the face together with the name. Yeah. And that's a big change when that happens. Yeah. Right? It's, it is. Um, you know, so uh, my birth name is Mahershala Hashbaz. 18 letters from the Old Testament. It's almost a full tweet. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yes, yeah, it. yeah. And so when I was younger, I went by Herschel and then um, kind of embraced more of my name, Mahershala, in high school and then in college and, and, and in grad school. And then when I turned professional, I said, I was in, I was that 25, 26, when you're ready to take on the world on your terms mm-hmm. and say, this is who I am. So I embraced my, my full name. And so I worked for, if you see uh, Benjamin Button or another show I did, 4400, you'll see 18 letters. All 18 of them. Yeah, so I did it for like 11 years. And then um, at a certain point, I said, wow, I'm, I felt a ceiling. And I and it felt like I was growing and my opportunities weren't stretching. I felt respected and appreciated. And I had allies and fans kind of behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like if I was going to have the opportunity to move to the next level that you have to give people a chance to say your name even you have to make it more palpable for people and kind of meet them halfway and so since none of my family calls me Mahershala Hashbaz even though that's my name some of them call me Mahershala some of them call me Herschel that's off limits for anyone who's not family but <laughs> Uh-oh. but it it I've had a few years where being attached to extraordinary projects like House of Cards or Luke Cage and now Moonlight, but then also kind of meeting them halfway where there's a there's an opportunity for them to be able to embrace my name, but also being in projects that are putting me in your living room and films that people are actually going to see. So uh, I think the combination of the two has been uh, 
been a bit of a, a boost. What is the derivation of the name? Hebrew. Um, it means the divine restoration or speed to the spoils. And uh, my, my family, my mom, very biblical people. My mother's mother was an ordained minister. My mom's an ordained minister. Our sister's an ordained minister. They have, uh, my, my aunt has a church in the Bay Area somewhere. And so um, they were always people who were in their Bible and Bible study in the church. And um, my mom was a, a dreamer and a lucid dreamer. And so my name came to her in a dream. She'd also seen it in the Bible. And so she felt like she had to, to name me that. So I fought it for a little while growing up, but I, I bet definitely, because when you talk about the schoolyard, yeah, you know? yeah. Well, I wanted, so when I'd play with my cousins and whatnot, you know, you're playing house or these games where you're pretending to be other people, I would always say, I want to be, I want to have a cool name like Michael. So I would be, <laughs> I would always be Michael or someone like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I've later on definitely embraced my name. I'm struck by something you were saying just before this mm-hmm. and um, about that you had played roles before mm-hmm. that you might call stereotypical, yeah. that they were just saying, okay, in Moonlight, you play what would sound like a stereotype. Absolutely. I'm the drug dealer in Miami. Right. Uh, and so we say to ourselves, because we've been so inculcated with television movie versions of that right. that there's nothing more to the character mm. than the fact that he's pushing drugs yes and yet this character yes is everything more than that right you know and especially in black film when you say drug dealer and and, and stories that have a black protagonist and, and supporting characters around it um that that means a specific thing to be the drug dealer and that's the that's the element to the story that you're going to contribute uh, as as the the, the story kind of pushes along, um, you mean they're not but, asking for anything more. No, no. Yeah. But if that were a film that had perhaps white leads in it, and the character was a drug dealer, you might be interested to see. Well, wow, what is Tom Hardy going to do with the drug dealer role? You know, <laughs> and just because it doesn't, I think color and and kind of criminal activity with with African Americans and, and criminal activity somehow are synonymous in our narratives and and so we don't really think anything of it but what I loved about Moonlight and 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 Juan in particular is Juan is Cuban he's Cuban, Cuban yeah. he's Cuban yes he's uh he's an Afro-Cuban uh born in Cuba but moved over to the U.S. at a really young age and um and has tried to assimilate with African-American culture um but He's he's not African American, so he's a little bit um, an island uh, unto himself, mm-hmm. and it kind of connects him to this young boy, Chiron, who is struggling with coming to terms with with his own sexual identity, probably many years earlier than what he naturally should be coming to terms with it because of some of the persecution and bullying that's going around going on for him. So I think. And him recognizing Chiron's otherness, um, it really brings out uh, the humanity in this person. Um, there's so much space to, sorry, there's so much space to uh, connect to Chiron um, as another human being and be a mentor to him. Um, and so it, the the 
the script, the character is, is, is painted and full of so much color and wonderful attributes that I myself would aspire to have that it, it really attracted me to tenderness. To be a part of it. Tenderness. That's yeah. what he is. Yeah. But the time where the drug dealer part of it kicks in, when he realized that you might be somebody who's selling the drugs to his mother yeah. that Naomi Harris plays. And it's complicated. It is. What we don't see is that complication. Very it is. Often. And we're seeing that here. So when you got this script, what did you say? Is yes. This, yes. I said yes. <laughs> said yes. I'll do this. Um, <laughs> yes. I had been a fan of Barry's. Uh, I'd seen Medicine for Melancholy mm-hmm. um, many years back. Uh, and I was living in the Bay Area at that time. That was a Bay Area film. And uh, I saw that in Berkeley and was just kind of like looking out for him. Uh, and years later, I... Uh, I had worked with uh, the producer of Moonlight, Adela Romanski, on another film called Kicks, a little tiny film we mm-hmm. worked on in the Bay Area. And they're really close, and she produced this and got the script to me and let me know that basically uh, after I had a meeting with Barry, um, it was mine if I wanted it, and of course I wanted that part. Um, and it's it's just spoke to me on on just such a deep level to see... Uh, someone go through that type of journey uh, of self-discovery and and really just trying to come to terms with who he is without a lot of help around him. So get to have the opportunity to be an ally in in him coming to terms with himself uh, was was really a gift. And I think the that part of him that the compartmentalized part portion of his life that had him in the streets selling drugs um, wasn't a hindrance to me taking on the part because uh, he was so multidimensional um, that I, I just felt so, I felt really attracted to it. And it was something that, that's what you're looking for. Right. I mean, it's, a lot of people wouldn't be you, uh, Mahershala, who is on four seasons of House of Cards. Remy, everybody loves this character. You get an Emmy nomination yeah. for it. And then you say, well, I think I'm going to leave this show. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to leave this show. Nobody does that. Usually they have interventions for actors <laughs> who do that. Right. And they say, what do you mean right. you're leaving this? Right. So what made you make that decision? Well, I've been working a long time. And I think I came into this business with, with, with certain expectations, um, uh, with having wonderful teachers who... Who, who's just said, who gave me a lot of direction and gave me some insight into how they saw me, which helped shape how I saw myself. And so at a certain point when things weren't happening the way I imagined, I started to realize 15 years into a career, 10 years into a career, I started to realize, but 15 years into it, I felt like I was at, at, a, at a crossroads and, and sort of at a dangerous point where if I continue to be on shows or on a show, no matter how great the show is, in such a supporting capacity that I was never going to get my opportunity to carry a narrative, mm-hmm. and which I feel like I have the ability to do, and, and, and I just want to grow. You know, anytime you've been in a certain, that's what it comes down to is just going, I'm on a show, this is a terrific show, they've been really good to me, but I know I'm not growing, and I'm in this, I have to do this basically for eight months on the calendar. Mm -hmm. So it cuts out any other opportunities 
for me to grow as an actor. And I don't do this for a paycheck. I, the money is is terrific. I feel blessed to to get paid for <laughs> any time <laughs> I get to memorize and metabolize somebody's words and try to bring them to life. But that is just a, a beautiful offshoot of getting to do what I love with my life and, and do that for a living. But then you make this other step into yeah. the, the land of the Marvel Universe yeah. in Luke Cage, where you're yes. Cottonmouth. You yes. are. This guy <laughs> is a bad dude. Yeah, he's, he's crazy. <laughs> he's throwing people yeah. out of windows. Yeah, he is. You know? yeah. And what was that part of what was in your head that you wanted to be a part of the Marvel Universe? Um, well, I we've grown up seeing um, these comic books and I wasn't a huge comic book fan but I I was aware of the comic books and of course the the cartoons and then then later on the movie started coming out with more regularity and the 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 qualities and the attributes of these people are so aspir- aspirational and larger than life and and but also so human that um and, and the work that is being done today, the production quality and level, the, the, the way they cast these projects from the film universe to, to the to television or the series work is, is so well done that I, I've been wanting to be a part of it for quite some time. I just never imagined it would be a villain. But what I love about the villains is that they have so much more room because um, they're, they're, there's more fluidity within their, their moral or their moral compass is different. And so there's just a little bit more, there's more space to, to be gray and, and, and human. Well, sometimes and he's vulnerable. He is, he is. And, and I love that about him. And uh, so in talking with them about it and kind of hearing how the arc was going to go, because they don't tell you a lot at Marvel. They just, they say, trust me a lot. <laughs> so, you know, I buy this into, car from me. Yeah, it's going to yeah, really trust work. Me, right trust me, trust me, trust me. And, and they, um, and, and they did write by me for sure and, and wrote for me and gave him, um, left some real windows of, of humanity there so that the character could be a little bit, um, more complicated. They gave me that space to to do that while I was there, and I had a wonderful time doing it. It was stressful, very stressful, but in the most positive way, um, because that kind of work, and that's what I wanted. I wanted one of those jobs where you went home tired, and I was exhausted from the kind of work we got to put in, and um, and getting just to work those muscles, just because I, I was aware that I was felt like I was growing and being stretched, and, mm-hmm. and I'm hungry for that at my. I will say, at my age. <laughs> <laughs> Are people treating you different when you're part of the Marvel world and universe now? Most, I mean, people most, stopping you on the street and saying, cottonmouth you? Yes, yeah. You I, said that Barry Jenkins, who the director of Moonlight... Every time called, I see Barry Jenkins, cottonmouth! <laughs> so, thanks, Barry. Barry, but, uh, but between Barry and just folks in, in the airport and on the street, especially in New York, coming to New York, um, it's amazing how it's such a New York show. And so um, just folks on the street, from the cabbies to just guys on the street, the, the respect for that character um, and the love that I've received is, is especially felt here in the city. Do you, last year when everything was awards and we had the criticism of uh, Oscar So White, yeah. were you feeling that as an actor, that the opportunities you got squeezed out of things? Because this year, hmm. it seems to have moved in a, a really good direction. Yeah, well, first, I, I would just love to say that I'm, I'm so proud of the work that's been done. 
by so many different people this year, even in the documentary film land with the the OJ series and Ava DuVernay's amazing 13th and and then to the narrative stuff and the defenses and and loving and and of course our film um so it's great to see that you know and I would love to see more diverse stuff coming forward that it has is a mixing of the community so not just black not just white latino over here mm-hmm. Asian, but just like cuz I grew up in the bay area so it's really diverse my high school had everyone in it and we were one of the more diverse schools in one of the most diverse states in but you were moving into sports right yeah i was moving into sports i was moving into it was basketball was basketball yeah Yeah. so what makes you not do that you know that's another Hmm. thing when you're in that Hmm. you're in it physically mentally everything that's there well i think with um i always saw an end with basketball um i didn't i I was always a kid who kind of thought long term and I'm an Aquarius. So we're always ahead of ourselves in a certain way. And it's very hard for us to be in the moment conversely. Um, So I I think with basketball, I I could kind of see the end. And at a certain point, I'm also a goal oriented person. So once I got the scholarship to play basketball in college, I didn't set another goal for myself, not another, not a realistic attainable goal. And so as I began to bump up against the business of college basketball because they're not, in most cases, a lot of those colleges, unless you're at Duke or North Carolina, the rest of those schools are stepping stone schools for these coaches in most cases. Not all of them. There's there's a few out there that are really terrific. But a lot of those coaches that are at the St. Mary's colleges or the Santa Clara's and there's a coach there at St. Mary's now who's wonderful. But in general, they want to win there so they can get to the larger school. So it's a business and you become and if you have the eyes to see it, you become aware of it. And I think I was a little disappointed by the lack of a real personal connection and care because a lot of these kids who are getting these scholarships are coming from certain communities where their families are not intact in the way that they probably ideally should be. So those kids are not just going to learn how to cross someone over, dribble with their left and pull up and shoot a jump shot that they're looking for brotherhood and family as well and an education like all that is really extraordinarily important so I think when that wasn't happening and maybe that's unfair for me I will admit to go into it with that expectation I think I just got disheartened and and really began to focus on the creative side of and and really connect and work through my own stuff Growing up, well, you got involved in the poetry slams, though. Poetry slam, hip hop. Yeah. This was like a part yeah. of your life. Yeah, hip hop saved a lot of lives, man. Like I, it really has. Um, there's so many people who have found an avenue of creative expression that gave them a reason to get up in the morning and go out and 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 fight a little harder and work to be something. Who were the ones that spoke to you? Oh, man. Oh, Nas. Um, you have a cat named Nas. I have a cat named Nas. I think he's he's the He's the greatest. Uh, Rakim. Um, wow, there's so many. A Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, KRS One. Like, these brothers are brilliant. Lauren Hill, um, MC Light. There's just so many. I could go on for forever about uh, some of these artists and how they influenced my life 
and I was just stopped because I didn't I didn't see you as a cat guy. Yeah, oh well, yeah, yeah. I'm not allergic to cats either, but uh, so that so helps. dogs you're allergic to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah, can't do that. That's yes. just like yes. I'm getting a little hot. If you don't mind, I'm oh, gonna we don't care here. Thank you know, you, you didn't you. even need any popcorn, so that was a good thing. <laughs> Thank you. But you know, as you move and things change, and this is a a, a good time, yeah. even though you worked hard for what you're getting now. Yeah. I mean, you're everything from. People saying, yes, Academy Award, you should get it. Uh, Emmys, you should get that. Your sex symbol now. Well, you, come on, you know. Uh, thank These you. ladies must be everywhere <laughs> chasing. Uh, they've been nice. You get, of they've, course they've they are. Nice. Of course they are. But, you know, my wife is the biggest fan, so and she'll put me in my place and, real quick. Yes, yeah, so, she's really fond yeah, of all that, too. I bet yeah, she just yeah, she loves, loves it. all that. <laughs> yeah, here it is. We love this yeah. now. Well, this is the first time you've been on the show, so you yeah. don't know that it ends in song. It always okay. does. Although okay. maybe you okay. want to do a slam. I mean, uh, nobody's ever done that. Um, you know what? I'll do, I'll do a song. You'll do a song maybe instead. Maybe in slam. Oh, gosh. A song in slam. Okay, excuse me. <clears throat> it has to be sung? It doesn't have to be. Okay. I can tell um, whatever's in you. That's what I want to hear. I was born by the river in a little tent. And just like the river, I've been running ever since. It's been a long, a long time coming. But I know a change going to come. Oh, yes, it will. Well, the change did come. <laughs> a lot thanks to you, Mahersha. Thank you, thank you thank for you, being brother. here. Appreciate that it. was great. Appreciate it. Thank that was you. great. See, yeah. you did it early yeah, in the morning. doesn't matter go. to you. You're fearless. <laughs> We love that. Applause. Look at that. We never get that. Oh, thank you guys. Okay, that wraps up another edition of the Popcorn with Peter Travers podcast. If you liked it, be sure to subscribe and rate us. You can also find Popcorn on Twitter and Facebook at Popcorn ABC News. I also want to thank the people who helped produce this podcast. Angela Williams, Brian Fudge, Josh Cohen, David Fazekas, David Miller, Michael Rothman, Alexa Valiente, and the head of ABC News Digital, Dan Silver. I'll talk to you next Friday.